Thank you for joining us. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. And you're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, Chris, it's been another busy week at Calibrated Power, home of Duramax Tuner. Uh, some wild stuff going on, huh? Yeah. You know, uh, you look in the shop, you know, shop's pretty busy. Uh, you know, the guys, uh, the techs in the, in the shop are doing their thing. Uh, R&D on rock source stuff. Uh, the intercooler and intercooler piping, we're doing some stuff there. Uh, the guys back in the turbo department, uh, six liter turbos, uh, older five nine second gen style turbos, six seven Cummins turbos. Um, those are probably the newer ones on the docket getting released. There's some other stuff that I'm not going to talk about because I want to get my uh, rear lit up. Um, and then you know the sales department, customer service department, your guys' department. You know everyone's yeah. busy. You know we're kind of. Starting to see that trend upward and everything kind of becoming a little busier and staying on top of it. And then we have a cold-ass day today, nonetheless. Dude, so brutal. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah, Midwest weather, man. It was 42 days ago. Yeah, it's it supposed is to be like 35 negative. tomorrow, too. Right, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then people wonder why they have pneumonia and stuff. You know, it's wild. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I know it's been busy over here. I know it's been busy for both of our sponsors. That's uh, Exergy Performance yep. and WC Fab. Uh, you know, I was actually speaking with the guys over at Exergy pretty recently, and they were just mentioning to me about how crazy they are with keeping up with the uh, the CP4 pumps for the 67 Fords. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's funny, you know, because we had just had this conversation about they offer fuel system savers for the Ford yeah. um, and pumps for the Fords and, you know, reaching out to my, like, dealer network, like, hey, guys, we have this, and like, oh, we're really big in the Fords, yada, yada, yada. So they're actually starting to move out. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of similarities. You know, we've talked in prior podcasts of the LML and the Ford. So, you know, it's a nice little uh, caveat add on the, to, to their lineup. So absolutely, it, it's not new to them. It, it's new to us. <laughs> so, And then WC Fab, they're crazy as always, keeping up with uh, all of the orders piling in. Yeah. And, and all of the custom colors, too. That's something that we always yeah. talk about is their amazing powder coating facility and their amazing fabrication facility. Yeah. Uh, it's impressive. Yeah. One of the new mailers uh, that Dustin, one of the sales and uh, marketing guys over there, they're sent over. They're actually doing stocking now. They're stocking parts in the King Sport Gray and the WC Fab Red. Yeah. So you know diff covers, traction bars, you know little miscellaneous add-ons, intakes, things like that, intercooler tubes. They have them ready to go. So really cool to see how you know a couple of years ago it was it was a long wait, and they know right now you know with uh, tax season amongst us, you know you you see right around the holidays, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, tax season, the wait time gets a little more because you know we. People get bombarded with orders, and they're like, hey, guys, we have this stuff on the shelf. Yeah. So, really cool. Genius. I love it. It's going to be a big one. Uh, well, hey, guys, without any further ado, we have a really exciting episode put together today. Uh, one of the things Chris and I have talked about, oh, probably for months now, mm -hmm. is putting together an episode around all the shit that, that DIYers do wrong. And yeah. Chris and I both being DIYers at some point in our past, yeah. uh, we've done shit wrong, too. So, this is by no way an indictment uh, no. to our listeners or to people who make these mistakes. But these are really, really common mistakes that we see in the shop. Now, Chris and I both don't work in the shop. No. Uh, we work at desk jobs because we're lazy. But we do answer phones, and these are questions and concerns that come in on the daily. Sure. Way to make yourself sound important. <laughs> uh, we actually brought in an expert, Dang. Jeremy Jeremy Carnot. Jeremy is one of our lead technicians in the shop over here at Duramax Tuner. Jeremy, how the hell are you? Good. How are you guys today? We're doing great. It would be better uh, if I wasn't staring at Paul. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeremy, give us a little bit of your background, man. Uh, what, what's your experience around trucks and troubleshooting? Um, started off when I was about nine years old and was pushing a broom in a shop, and now I'm 38 years old and still doing it. So 
been around it my whole life, seen a lot of do's, seen a lot of don'ts, and seen and you, a lot of fuck ups. And you have like uh, <laughs> like electronic diag yeah. and like fabrication skills. I've seen you work on stuff like that in the past. I mean, you're you're well rounded to say the least. Yeah, oh yeah. Like uh, when it comes to just putting things together, figuring mm-hmm. things out. Uh, example right now, I'm making a 47 RE, you know, fitting a LV7 truck. So it's yeah. so Dodge fun. Trans into a Duramax chassis. Mm-hmm. Sweet. What could go wrong? <laughs> Nothing, Paul. It went together perfect. Yeah, it actually looks really nice. Having the ability to go check it out, I mean, yeah. that's off to you, man. Oh, yeah. No, like, work came out very well. Yeah. Uh, it's just trying to make, like, neutral safety switch work and reverse lights and make sure it starts and park. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and not all the little things. things. Right. All those little details to button up, no big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Wait, so. so you can't just buy the swap kit and just put it in? No. Oh, no, no. no, no. But it comes with an install kit. Yeah. You're hey, done. You got instructions, right? No. Oh, <laughs> no. There's a YouTube video, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a standard mechanic, he jumps on YouTube and figures it out. So you no get one of those. Deal. You see that switch up there? <laughs> um, okay, well, we did bring Jeremy in today because he, he is an expert with this stuff. Uh, I know he's helped us out with troubleshooting yep. stuff for customers in the past and, and things of that nature. Uh, I know one of the things that I've seen commonly guys do wrong at home is understand what a math sensor is or how it works or which orientation it goes. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that, Jeremy? What have you seen and, and what are some of the common solutions for those common problems? Well, a math sensor, you know, reads, you know, the grams per second of how much airflow is going through the air filter into the, you know, into the truck. Um, a lot of guys actually put them in backwards. Yeah, very <laughs> so, common. That's what we see. Uh, there's yeah. actually an arrow on it, um, and then they wonder why the truck's running wrong and things like that. Uh, mass airflow sensors do go bad, then the truck's going to smoke heavily, mm-hmm. things like that. You see, um, you see times like oil oil filters and that debris getting on there. Exactly, and like that. Uh, dirty air filters. I mean, yeah. we'll throw off a math reading huge. Clean air filters, the cheapest and best thing you could ever do. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. No, that's it's such a no brainer. How much of our list today has to do with maintenance? Yeah, yeah. right. Just like guys just skipping over simple maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, math, Chris, give us some of the symptoms customers call in with yeah. when they have a, a problem with the math sensor. What's the most common things they tell us? Yeah, I, I think, well, uh, usually guys will call in not knowing that they have a math issue. Right. 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 Um, and it boils down to truck not being responsive. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of hone in into that one being, well, does a truck produce any smoke? Listeners out there, if the truck's smoky and not responsive, you have other problems. If the truck is not smoky, no smoke, and not responsive, chances are the truck's not getting the proper fueling. Right. Well, why isn't the truck getting the proper fueling? Well, that's because the math isn't reading the, the proper airflow coming right. in. In a Duramax or like in a 6.7 power stroke, air through the math is how the engine fuels. Right. Right. So um, I think one of my one of my keys to knowing I was dealing with a math issue has always been when somebody calls in and says, yeah, it's not responsive. I say, well, does it ever feel responsive? Like, does all the power come on? They're like, well, yeah. At like 2,000, okay, 2,300. Right. Does yeah. it all seem to come on at once like a freight train? Yeah. Like you're running, you're running, you're running. It won't go anywhere, won't, won't go anywhere. And then it slams like a, like a big turbo, like a big single turbo hitting. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm like, check your math. Yeah. Um, math being in backwards. There's an arrow. Guys still miss it. <laughs> yeah. Easy way I always remember, the filament faces the filter. Yep. Yep. The filament faces the filter. Uh, but I didn't get no codes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sometimes there is. A, you know, sometimes there sided. is. Sometimes there's not. Well, sometimes there's a two filaments, one on each side. Just remember, bigger sure. one goes towards the front. There you go. Uh, then. Some aftermarket ones don't have an arrow. 
bigger filmmaker yeah. towards the front. You well, got and then the other thing too, just a little caveat on that, you know, guys putting on different air intakes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not, you know, there's a lot of uh, great aftermarket options um, and some vendors, they might ever so slightly change the position of the MAF sensor or the inside diameter of that tube that they're putting on. You know, Duramax guys put on them badass five inch intakes oh, instead yeah. of the four, <laughs> like whatever. That changes the reading. The truck has to be rescaled and tuned for that. That changes how the truck fuels. So, hundred yeah. percent. We actually just ran into that case on uh, that twin kit we put on that LML, that missions complaint twin kit. Oh, really? Yeah, we had to put use a factory air box because the aftermarket. Yeah, yeah. It was reading different. Work. Yep. Really? Yeah. yeah. And you see that a lot with the with the newer, you know, to kind of segment mm-hmm. to that the newer trucks like the fifteen Ram or like our fifteen sixteen LML twin kit. We utilize the factory airbox. The factory airbox supplies enough air volume, first off, mm-hmm. but we need that because of the the factory scaling, you know, to make sure that the truck is, is fueling properly. You yep. know, we're not too rich. So, absolutely. Uh, all right, cool, man. Well, I think that one's really good. All right, um, what's one that that you brought to us, Jeremy? Uh, trans cooler flushing. When every you replace a transmission, you got to oh, flush like man. cooler, man. It's... What do you mean, bro? I just bought a new trans. Right. I just, I just <laughs> shelled out 5Gs on a new trans. What do you mean I got to go do something else? It's, That's a tough conversation. It's very tough. But, I mean, we've had, what, three customers in the past six months come in, new trans come in, say they have problems. We flush the cooler. We find nothing but garbage. Open yeah. the filters. So walk us, walk us through that. So mm-hmm. I have a 150,000-mile LBZ, and I put a built Allison transmission in the truck, mm-hmm. okay? Um, I pull the old trans off. I upgrade the lines, too, okay? The okay. factory cooler was fine. Drain the fluid, put the new trans in, upgrade the lines, fill up the fluid, take the truck on the first test drive. Truck drives fine. 500 miles in, truck's banging, bucking. I'm getting solenoid co- codes. I reach out to the shop, like, guys, what the hell, yeah. right? And this is common. It's like, we see this. Common, yeah. What generally happens at that point? Well, all the clutch material is still in the, in the radiator. It's still yeah. in the, you know, the trans cooler in front of the radiator. And uh, guys don't realize that it, the stuff just sits in there. I mean, clutch material is very fine. It's very sticky. Mm-hmm. And it needs to be removed. Uh, there's lots of variations way to do that mm-hmm. we here use a hot flush machine so we yeah. flush it out at 180 degrees but try your best to, you yeah. know just they sell kits at you know any parts store that you do it and just Can't try I just it. drain the fluid out of my trans? <laughs> right no <laughs> can't i mean you got a little bit of shop air i mean fluids i mean if you don't have a flush machine you something and i've seen some like horrific failures where like oh, yeah. guy spends money has the trans put in they don't do the hot flush or a flush in general uh-huh. that foreign debris goes back into the yeah. trans takes that trans out it affects the pump it affects the valve body and now you have a trans that's not warrantable because of a foreign debris that was proven by the manufacturer mm-hmm. and it was all because the cooler wasn't flushed and then they'll go well the truck didn't do this before all right, man. Well, you had a failed <laughs> yeah. trans that had where and where does that debris go? Right. You know, so, you know, we always stress that I know with like over at, at Calibrated Power, any of the transmissions that go out, we always have like a hot flush must, you know, requirement in, in yeah. the paperwork pamphlet. Just like, hey, you know what? It's something that I don't know if I would necessarily think of. Like well, after I'll, being here and around it, I, I do. I'll tell you this. I was just on Facebook, I think today, and I saw a post in one of the forums with a guy who had sold a stock rebuilt trans to a to a customer who was now asking for a warranty and he went on to the kids Facebook page and there's a picture of a truck and it says 
built motor, LB7, new trans going in, so excited. And the guy's like, yeah, so I sold this guy a stock trans. He didn't flush the cooler. He put a stock converter back on it, and then he put it in a built trans, like a built engine truck. Yeah. And now he wants a warranty. So, like, there is a, a huge misconception over wow. oh, yeah. building, rebuilding, trans. What do I do? What is my maintenance? What, like, how do yeah. I take care of it? I, I actually, I remember the first time I put aluminum rims on my on a vehicle, and a thousand fifteen hundred miles later, the tires damn near fell off because I never went down and retorqued them because nobody told me. Now, you think about it now as an adult, and you're like, oh shit, everybody knows that, but. <clears throat> You, you don't know you that until you're told that. That's just yeah. the reality. No, and I think there's a a miss uh, a, a, a missed opportunity for for education, yeah. right? When when guys call in, well, the stock trans lasted me a hundred thousand miles, right? Well, now you have a tuner for the last ten thousand miles. You have this and that as an upgrade. You don't know how the truck was maintained prior because you know you weren't the original right. owner. Let's say. You have an opportunity to upgrade it ever so slightly to make it just a little bit more durable, so you're going to spend a little bit more money. Well, as you spend a little bit more money and do this, you have to take those extra precautions to making sure that everything's reliable, trans flushing, cooler upgrade, maybe line upgrade, you know, whatever that looks like. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I know another really common problem I've run into with customers, Jeremy, is lift pump wiring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Two wires. <laughs> Two oh, wires. Yeah. I mean, it could it could be it could be one wire. Yeah. We, we just had a yeah. we just had a guy in a truck in the shop here. The guy was going back and forth with fast. The pump wasn't working. Tried everything, all the troubleshooting, relays, the wire that tap the the tap wire for the fuse was was on was undone. Done. Done. Yeah. It's it could be something so simple. So so. What do you see most commonly with guys messing up the wiring? Is it forgetting just to plug it in? I'd imagine that happens, but that's probably more rare. What do you usually see guys mess up when they when they run the lift pumps? Oh, there's a couple different things. There's especially underneath the truck where they, you know, however they mount them. Yeah. You know, fast recommends mounted in the wheel well. You know, right. You know, that's their kits. A lot of people don't zip tie them, and then they rub up against the frame. Then they arc out, fuses blow, things like that. Um, then underneath the hood, the wires, the wiring harness is just too long. Yeah, and it is instead yeah. of just taking three seconds to cut the wire, you gotta you have to put a connector on it anyways. Instead of just cutting the wire down, you know, four, yeah, six inches, they just loop it up yep. and then it just falls, goes into the you know could go into the fan, could you know goes around the drive, you know, the steering shaft. I've seen some weird stuff since I've been <laughs> here. So, <laughs> and zip ties, I mean, just make it look clean and. People don't do it. They just they just throw it in there and oh, it's going to work forever. Uh, fuse it holder. worked yesterday. Exactly. The fuse holder. They just push the fuse down in there, or the relay. You know, it comes with a relay and a fuse holder. They just yeah. let them sit there. They don't take the second to put a zip tie around it or a little push pin into the fender wall or a little something. Little just something to secure the relay you, so the relay isn't bouncing around. Usually, those, those, it's all of those things on one truck, though. It's <laughs> exactly. not one or the other. <laughs> right, you know? right, right, right. Or guy does a really clean, like, yep. perfect job, or it's, it's one or a name other. I want to say, but I can't. But. Yeah. <laughs> it's every one of those issues. You know, one of, one of the things that I've seen, and this is, like, a, a catastrophic issue, is guys will, uh, like, replace their turbocharger, and they'll use, like, an RTV Oh yeah. instead of, like, the factory gasket because maybe they were excited and they didn't have... Bro, what's the problem? It works. Yeah. <laughs> I put it on, it fucking sealed it, and then yeah. I fired up the truck and it ran. We're yeah. good. One of my... One of... Uh, 
one of my longtime buddies, he had a he had a Duramax, and he did that, and it cost him a motor. Oh, so so w- walk us through it, Chris. What what goes wrong when you run RTV compared to a gas? So you you have to you know gob the RTV right on, mm-hmm. on the surface, and then as you clamp that surface right tight and fasten everything down the seal. You, you you see that RTV kind of expand, right? Oh, well, just as much as that's going it's out. It's coming out. It's, it's going, going in. in. <laughs> so what ended up happening in this uh, specific scenario is the turbo drain, right? This is what he was RTVing. So from the turbo to the line and then from the line to the block, RTV'd both spots, which hindered on oh. uh, oil flow. And it broke down ever so slightly. So then the RTV then got into the engine, mm-hmm. right? So the engine was essentially starved for oil. Yep. And he ended up spinning uh, rod bearings and uh, cam bearings. Oh, um, so I mean, th- this is something that that really happens. And yeah. you know, he was he was very um, okay. Uh, <laughs> our Paul did a really nice job. So just just a little background. We'll get back to the gaskets yeah. here in a second. Paul wanted to waste an hour of company time, and he taped up these cool stealth logos. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all taped them, by the way, and they're just all falling off. Paul, kudos to you, man. Uh, but yeah, no. So you, I, I just want to be clear. I am not an interior decorator. <laughs> number two, that did not take an hour. And number three, they looked great for weeks. It did not fail until Jeremy was here. So it worked fine yesterday. Oh, Jeremy shit. showed up, and now it's fucked up. I'm not saying Jeremy did it. I'm just saying it worked until Jeremy was right. here. Company time. Um, but yeah, you know, you see a lot of that, you know, with the yeah. with RTV, and and he was that person where we didn't have access to the gaskets that day, and he had to have his truck running that day. That was the solution, and that was the outcome. <laughs> it's so brutal when when things like this happen. Yeah. Uh, I oh, know. Oh, when it's self inflicted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like when it's. I know how I'm going to save time. Yeah. Like I I don't have the patience to wait. I'm going to save myself the time of waiting, and I'm going to take this shortcut. And then here you are with a wildly expensive problem, and also no goddamn truck. Right. 100%. So. It, it, it just hurts. It just hurts to hear it. Um, Jeremy, what's another one you brought to us? Uh, boost leaks, like mist boost Ooh. leaks. Yeah. We've never talked about boost leaks on this show. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's wild to me because I remember back in, it was like 2015, um, we had a couple of trucks in the shop, back to back to back, running, running like shit, mm-hmm. smoky, this and that. And out of the three trucks, two of the trucks went to multiple dealers. I remember this, and they could not figure out. That's where the whole boost we leak shot video, our boost leak test video, off of the second truck. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, that exactly that's where about. that video resonated from. So, guys, if if, if you know, it, was literally at a dealership yeah. 15 minutes before yeah. it was at our lot. Then it showed up at our lot. Wow. Then it showed up at our lot, and we go out and we actually boost test it, yep. and there's a massive boost leak. So, for any really of our listeners that want to watch a video, you know, in, in our archives, you know, go to Duramax Tuner's YouTube channel, type in how to boost leak or boost leak. Just, Just type in boost, boost leak. Test. Boost test, and it'll pop right up. And it was a good video, but that's where all that stemmed yeah. from. So, Just I mean, as simple as checking the clamps. Yeah. You know, uh, an LB7 doing a set of injectors. Yeah. You have to remove the, you know, intercooler pipes to get it off. Clamps are just rusty. Yep. I touch the clamp with the socket, it breaks. Yep. I mean, I boost tested it before. I realized Dry rot was, with the boot and exactly. stuff like it's that. It's just, just simple as looking at them and seeing how rusty and things like that. I and mean, that's like a simple protocol for you guys in the shop, right? Very simple, Right before yeah. a truck leaves. I mean, it. It's I've seen it crazy. I remember when I first started, we had a guy, I want to say with an LB7, uh, 
Tunes Twin Turb, no Tunes Transmission. It was like one of the first transes we had sold. Uh, so Tunes Trans Traction Bars, a bunch of other little upgrades and all of this. Goes out, rips the truck, calls up, and just bitching up a storm. Truck feels like shit. Doesn't have any more power. This thing's smoky. It's a turd. It's got no balls. He comes by. We're like telling him on the phone, like, dude, it sounds like there's a mechanical issue. There's no way. It was fine before I brought it to you. If anything's wrong, you guys messed it up. Shows up, hook up the boost test kit, and there is literally, I'm talking the size of a half-dollar hole in the intercooler pipe. Yeah. And you're like, well, we did that. Yeah. Right. Like, we see the rust around this hole, right? Like, clearly, we didn't drill this hole out for extra breathability. Like, this well, is a problem. Years ago, this again, back in 2015, I had my uh, LB7 Duramax. Yeah. And it had an S300 kit on it from WC Fab. And we pulled it off and in favor of a Stealth 64. Mm-hmm. And we put the Stealth on the truck. We get it on the dyno. Truck makes like 480 horse. Oh, <laughs> the S366 setup, the truck made 597 on the dyno like a year prior. What the hell? Something's hurt. Like, what's going on? Sounds After, like that dyno needs to get calibrated. Right. It's the dyno's fault. It's <laughs> I blamed Nick. I was like, Nick, your tune's jack, right? Um, do a boost test with the truck strapped to the dyno. The intercooler was blown out. Yeah. And that, that the turbo, wow. the truck was making boost, but it was escaping. How many times have we seen guys, they're like, I was at a sled pole last night, and then there's a a hole the size of a quarter in the bottom of the intercooler they didn't know about. Or you get the video, like, you you know, there were guys that I sled pulled with this past year, badass setups. Like, on paper, those trucks should have beat me, hands down. Like, they these trucks had no business in the class I was pulling in, right? And um, well, never, you, but yeah. never understood why, you know, I had more business than them. Uh, <laughs> and I, I see these, these the, I, I, week, week after week, like I'm putting 20, 30 feet on these guys. Yeah. And then I, I, get a, for a few I get a video, I get a video in my, in my Facebook uh, messenger and the guy's like, well, I figured out why you've been beating me. Is this bad? And you just, just that <laughs> intercooler oh. was, yeah, the, one of the tubes and the intercooler was blew out. And I'm like, oh. damn, man, like that. You don't realize that. You don't yeah. see that. Sometimes it's gradual. Yeah. Sometimes it's you don't lose all of your power in a day. Your truck yep. doesn't go from clean to smoky. It's just gradual, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, you're like, God damn, Chris, I'm keeps beating me at anything. <laughs> yeah. So something's wrong. That's a problem. That's a problem. Um, if you ain't first, you're Chris Empty. What's up? <laughs> Jeremy, I know another one I've dealt with is, is – um, People misdiagnosing their fuel system, mm-hmm. and most commonly what I've seen is them misdiagnosing a low-pressure side fuel leak. Uh, have you seen that before? Is that something you run across, and what do you do to actually diagnose the low-pressure side of the fuel system? Well, first, mechanical gauge. You know, every you know, Duramax has one. Just put a mechanical gauge on it. Make sure that it actually has it, and if it doesn't, then you just... You know, you start looking for leaks, uh, air leaks, crack lines, stuff like that. She- our Chevy is really good at cracked lines uh, right on top of the CP3. You know, even the line going to the check valve where you can check your low side pressure. Yeah. yeah. Any of those have a little crack in it, you're going to start losing low side pressure and stuff like that. So. Sure. Uh, okay. Chris, what are the symptoms guys call in with when they have that type of a problem? What's the, what commonly do they describe to you? Yeah. So... What you run into for for us is, you know, we did a video years ago, 0087, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of our more popular videos that we have done. So the DIY guys will watch that video, call in, and think, oh, I buy a $50 valve, and that's the fix. Right. Uh, because they have a high side fuel pressure issue, double, 0087, 0093, or whatever. Yeah. P-0093. Those are, those are the, the two. Um, 
so guys always direct that towards high pressure. Well, your truck is not going to throw a code for a lack of low pressure if there is an issue. It's only going to be a high pressure reference. So guys will call in, hey, I have high pressure, you know, drop severe low fuel rail pressure, blah, blah, blah. I want to buy this valve. Ask a couple key questions, you know, in which way is this truck doing this? Does a truck hold rail pressure for X amount of time drop off? You know, just these little tidbits, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you have mail. And uh, <laughs> then, then you fall into this where you have a high pressure issue, but is it truly a high pressure issue? Or, like Jeremy was saying, it could stem from the low pressure. Collapsed line. Um, I've ran into uh, broken uh, corrugated hose in the in the sending unit oh, right yeah. itself. I've had that um, problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you run into the uh, the fuel filter head. Right. Allows yeah. air to get into the system. Yeah. Um, a lot yeah. I mean, you you see a lot of that. Uh, so you walk guys through checking checking you know your vacuum pressure on your low pressure side if it doesn't have a, a lift pump right. and if it does then checking it differently. And then once you have that checked out, right, and it's a, it's a fairly simple diag. Once you have that figured out, now you know if it's a low issue or if it's a high pressure issue. My favorite is losing prime. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But losing prime, I lose prime. I have to prime my truck every day. Do you have any ideas? And I always say it's a low pressure side fuel system issue. But that's not. I always say no. Well, I mean, my my blue LV seven that I bought last year, yeah, had the same problem. It was a pump. It it was it was the pump. That that's a more rare result. It is. It is. It's possible. Again, you have to die. But I also didn't throw any money at that truck until I (laughs) knew what was going on because I have the proper resources to know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, I can talk a good game. I, I had my buddy help me. I was None, just going to say, you way. mean you had somebody to ask, right? Yeah, Check you know, I, I said resor- yeah, yeah. resources. <laughs> hey, yo, man, you know what's up here? You know, so, yeah. A good way is to is a scan tool. Yeah. I mean, low side pressure, you're going to know if it's going to still build. Look at the scan tool, look at live data, and see if it's actually going to start building high side pressure. Because if you have low side pressure, it won't build high side pressure as fast. Right. So then oh. you're going to see a you'll see a delay in your actual desired pressures because of that because of your low side up. pressure too. Nice. So well, learn something new today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why go. not? Uh, all right. Cool. What else do we got, guys? Oh man, uh, misdiagnosis. I mean, I helped you with the couple that you read off earlier because we're we're a team. Right, we're a team here, Paul. So that was awesome. I got one. All right, hit it. <laughs> so we have a. You're truck. such a low life, Chris. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Jeremy. We have a customer with an F350. Comes in, says, "Hey, my truck tows like crap. Inner tire zero psi." No. Dually. So tire pressure. Yep, tire pressure. Wow. That, and that's one that's like an odd one, Dude, right? That is yeah. some Paul. That, that is some Paul Wilson. That is yeah. something <laughs> I would show. hundred percent something I would show up into the shop with. Yeah. Yes. Outer outer tire at fifty psi. Wow. Standards. Because you know, I could reach it and check it easily. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, dude. The inner, the inner wheel would suck. Like, yeah. and it's yeah. cold as shit out. I right. <laughs> but zero psi. And wow. the truck guy's like, oh, it's not towing very well. Things like that. One side of the truck's at seventy psi. The other truck, one tire's at fifty. That is wild. That's some common sense stuff on the trucks loaded down. Just well, visual. I, mean. Just, of, I mean, sitting in the parking lot, you wouldn't see it if it was empty. Yeah. It's no, just, but if you're if you're if you're saying it tows like shit, you know, right. you would see. Start checking tire pressure. I, I guess maybe not. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I check my tires. Like yeah. I've had such bad luck running over nails on pretty much every <laughs> wheel tire I buy. So like. That I'm programmed. Every time I walk outside, like, what's the tire pressure look like? My, like, ca- my car pops loaded. up a message that says low tire pressure if yeah. it comes low. Yeah, Every no. day I go out there, my tire says low pressure. So yeah, yeah. Every day. 
Jeez, man, I didn't even think of that. That's a crazy one. Wow. Yeah, yeah tire pressure's huge. Wow. A lot of guys just don't Tire look pressure at it. is huge. I'll, I'll tell you, even even just on my stupid car, I, I recently had to put wheels on it. And uh, when I first brought it into the tire shop, the, the tech came back out and was like literally laughing. This old dude working at whatever is, is like laughing. He's like, what do you think? How much tire pressure do you think your car is supposed to have? I'm like, I don't know. I think I set them at 40 all the way around. 40. Oh, my God. 25, kid. He called me kid, which I love. I love when some <laughs> well, adult you, guy you calls you use that reference. I know. I call people yeah. kid all the time. Uh, but, yeah, he's a 25, kid. And I was like, mm, I think 30. But, but yeah. No, it was, it, it's crazy. The difference in how just my vehicle felt driving yeah. it um, with just stupid-ass tire pressure. Yeah. Just being balanced. Yeah. yeah it's crazy. Or you get uh, guys that come in, you know, this little little different, but uh, lack of fuel pressure or something like that, and it's like n- normal vehicle uh, maintenance, right? They don't change their fuel filter. Yeah. They don't change your fuel filter, and then you have a lack of rail pressure. And I know when go, to change my fuel filter. When the, when, when when the, the dash the, says, change fuel filter. You have no business <laughs> operating a vehicle. <laughs> Like, how have you made it 30-some well, years? because I don't really do these things. They're just hilarious to say out loud. There's, there's you, shit that my wife does. 100% yeah, shit that my okay. wife does. Yes. Because I'm believing you that you do this. Well, you know, I'm a funny guy. Yeah, you are. You're funny looking for sure. <laughs> Dang. Uh, Jeremy, anything else for our listeners? No, I'm pretty good. Man, this was so helpful. I really like this episode, guys. This was a lot of fun to yeah. do. Uh, I'd be excited to do some more maintenance stuff mm-hmm. and some more kind of troubleshooting and repair stuff in the future. So you guys are going to be hearing from Jeremy again. I have a good feeling on that. Yeah. Uh, for today, man, this has been Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. Thanks for listening. would be better uh, if I wasn't staring at Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs>